Well, well, what do you know? Them sounds, <laughs> it means one thing. Time for the Great Gildersleeve here on Sounds Like Radio and just some of the greatest music you've ever heard. Yeah, <laughs> that's all. <laughs> oh my. Hello, friends. I am your humble host. Today we have a Great Gildersleeve with a, with a bit of a complication in the plot. Today's Great Gildersleeve is from October 26th of 1949. And you know, Gildersleeve uh, recently found a new girlfriend. That girlfriend works at a hospital. Her name is Miss Milford. Pardon me while I untangle my wire here. Oh my. <laughs> you gotta watch out what happens overnight when you're not on the job. Well, anyway, Miss Milford, the nurse, has found a new love interest. Or at least, Gildersleeve thinks so. Young Dr. Olson is how they describe him. Yes, young Dr. Olson, who also works at the hospital. Gildersleeve finds that he has a new competitor. And he's got to think of ways to, more ways to win young Miss Milford's heart. Nurse Milford, one of these days I'm going to get that name straight. She's played by Kathy Lewis, who later went on to play Deidre in the Hazel series. Well, Gildersleeve has to figure out a way to appeal to Nurse Milford's heart. Maybe if he went up to her and said, Nurse Milford, what are you doing with that doctor? He's no good for you. I'm the best one around here. Well, that probably would cause Nurse Milford to run in the opposite direction. He's got to figure out a way to appeal to Nurse Milford's heart. Her dear heart. Well, there's one guy who could tell Great Gildersleeve how to do it, and that's the great Andy Williams. Here he is. Dear heart, wish you were here to warm this night, my dear heart, seems like a year since you A single room, a table for one It's a lonesome town, all right But soon I'll kiss you hello At our that idea. Andy Williams knows how to do it, to appeal to that dear heart of Nurse Milford's. <laughs> I hope Gildersleeve heard that. 
might help them out. Yeah, you know, sometimes when you get a, a little too secure, problems happen. You can't be too secure. That's the uh, motto you must have to yourself, especially when it comes to love. Because you never know what twists and turns that road will take. You never know what goes on beneath those still waters. You know, they say still waters run deep. And, and that means you don't know really what they're thinking or what's going on. And that's the mystery of a girl. <laughs> well, Emmy Lou Harris, I guess she's had some experience or maybe she's given that experience to others. We'll find out. Here's Emmy Lou Harris to sing a really nice song, Beneath Still Waters. that nice? I told you you'd like that one. That was Amy Lou Harris and Beneath Still Waters. Yeah, it can be mighty strange things going on in a, in a girl's heart. You never know what she's thinking or what's in the back of her mind. That's the mystery of a girl. Ooh. Us men, are, we're pretty straightforward, you know. <laughs> kind of easy to read. Well, <laughs> uh, uh, uh. yeah. That's what happens. Gildersleeve has this problem. So I thought, you know, 
who would be a good guy to call in to perhaps give Gildersleeve some advice on just how to handle this situation? Well, who has a lot of experience to give advice? Who? An old guy, that's who. How about Grandpa? That's right. We asked Grandpa to make an appearance today. Grandpa, come on in here. We've been waiting for you. We got a problem we want you to try to solve. Happy, happy to be here. Hello, dear. Your humble host. Uh, how you doing, Grandpa? It's good to see you again. We haven't seen you in a, quite a few shows. Well, uh, I guess I've been taking it easy. What do you do when you're off the show, Grandpa? Well, I sip some iced tea and I go out to McDonald's and have myself a Big Mac once in a while. <laughs> it's always a big time for me. And then I, well, if I'm really rambunctious, I might even have a French fry. Well, that sounds like a pretty nice way to spend your time. I, I love, I actually, right now, I used to love Big Macs a whole lot, but now I'm going through a phase where I like quarter pounders with cheese. I find them very good. Oh, yeah, I love them too. It all depends on the mood, I guess. <laughs> now, what'd you call me in here for? Talk about Big Macs? Well, no, Grandpa, not the, not about Big Macs, no. What we called you in here for is to try to give Gildersleeve advice. He's having girl problems with that nurse he's going with, Nurse Milford. Oh, yeah, Nurse Milford. How come you can't ever remember her name? I listen to your shows, and I hear you always forgetting it. I know, I know. I, I figured out in the last program why, because uh, Gildersleeve and Milford are, sound so much alike, I just naturally want to call her Gilford. Yeah, I suppose that's natural for a weak mind. What do you mean a weak mind? I don't have a weak mind. <laughs> I just love teasing that old goat. Now, hold on, Grandpa. You can't call me an old goat. Well, Grandpa, I don't want to get diverted. I want you to give us some of your wise experience and advice to tell Gildersleeve. You know, you used to go with a girl named Ruby. I know she gave you a hard time. Oh, she had me running through circles and jumping through hoops. Oh, it was bad, but I look back on it now, and I, I say, why? Well, anyway... Yeah, here's a song I, I like to do for you. It's about Ruby going to town. Out on me, and it just ain't nice. Here's what I told her. Ruby, don't take your love to town. You've painted up your lips and, and rolled and curled your tinted hair. Ruby, are you contemplating going out somewhere? Shadows on the walls tell me that the sun is going down. Ruby, don't take your love to town. You warned me that started that old crazy Asia war, but I was proud to go and do my patriotic chore. And it's true, I ain't the man, Ruby, that I used to be. But Ruby, I still need some company. I know it's hard to love a man whose legs are bent and paralyzed. In the wants and the needs of a woman your age, Ruby, I, I realize. But it won't be long, I've heard him say, until I eat around. Take your love to town. She's leaving now, but I just heard the slamming of a door. The way I know I've heard it slam a hundred times before. If I could move, I'd get my gun and put her in the ground. Ruby. Take your love to town. Don't take your love to town. Ruby, don't take your love to town. Oh, yeah, well, that's nice to hear about Ruby not taking her love to town, but oh, I could have used some help. Warning, warning. Yeah, where was that robot when I needed him? <laughs> warning, oh, warning. I heard you, robot. You can... Do you know how to turn morning, that robot off? Morning. Oh, no. Your robot 
Your robot humble hoose is going crazy. I'll remove his power pack. That'll stop him. Hey. Hey, yeah, thank you, Grandpa. That was a nice song. Well, yeah, I guess it wasn't so nice for you going through that experience with that evil woman, Ruby. Oh, yeah, it was rough. I'm telling you, it was really rough. What I, what I really needed to know, though, were the rules of the road. It would have helped a lot. Well, maybe the robot, if he had been there, he could have told you the rules of the road. That does not compute. Oh, my. Well, maybe, maybe the robot wouldn't have done much good anyway. Well, I can tell you who could tell you the rules of the road. Yeah, oh, I'd like to hear that. I could have used whoever it is back then. Who, who'd you have in mind there, humble host? Well, how about Lena Horn? Oh, Lena Horn, she's beautiful. Yeah, and she knows about the rules of the road because she's been around the block a couple of times. And, well, here's Lena Horn and the rules of the road. Oh, Lena, come on in here and educate me. So these are the rules, the tricks of the trade, the rules of the road. You're one of those dopes for whom they were made, the rules of the road. You follow that kiss and recklessly miss a bend of the road. Then suddenly this, the end of the road. So love is a hoax, a glittering string of little white lies. But these are the jokes, and what if they bring the tears to eyes? Well, love often shows a funny return, the brighter it glows, the longer you burn. And love only knows love has little concern for the fools of the road. But that's how it goes. You live and you learn the rules of the road. all about it, Lena. <laughs> the rules of the world, road. The rules, of the, the rules of the world can be rough too, especially the rules of the road when you're on the on the path to love and sweetness. <laughs> well, Lena, she tried to warn you there, Grandpa. I, I hope you wrote down all them rules. Yeah, I couldn't write fast enough. I had a pencil, but it broke as I was writing them down. 
had to borrow one of your pens here. What kind of a pen is this? It's a magic marker type pen. It, uh, Sharpie, they call them. Oh, I feel kind of sharp. <laughs> I love my, my jokes. All right, Grandpa. We thank you for coming by and listening to Lena Horn and her giving you all them rules. But right now, Grandpa, it's time we got to the Great Gildersleeve. Oh, what's your show about today? Well, it's all about Nurse Milford finding a new love interest. Oh, no. That's right. Young Dr. Olson. And that's who Gildersleeve, and now I'm doing it, I'm calling him Mildersleeve. Now, that's who Gildersleeve has to deal with. Is young Dr. Olson from October 26, 1949. Let's listen now to The Great Gildersleeve. The Kraft Foods Company, makers of Kraft Quality Foods, presents Harold Perry as The Great Gildersleeve. But not gone. Still this week and next to get in your names for Gildersleeve song. Still time to win up to $6,000 in cash in Parquet Margarine's $50,000 Name My Song contest. Get this week's entries in before midnight this Saturday. Then try again next week, often as you like. Contest open to listeners in the United States and Canada. The oftener you enter, the better your opportunities. Remember, a simple title for Gildersleeve song is going to win up to $6,000 in cash. More details later. Meanwhile, remember, when you buy margarine, get the kind that tastes so good. That's P-A-R-K-A-Y, parquet margarine made by Kraft. And now, before we hear tonight's Gildersleeve story, here's the great man himself singing his song. There's an old familiar strain, a haunting refrain that takes me back to days of yore. I see a chapel on the hill Spring's first daffodils Reflected in the mill pond from the shore I recall in memory Two names on a tree Our first kiss in that old canoe and though we've drifted far apart, this song lives in my heart. It's a melody of love and you. Thank you, folks. We're going to save the second chorus till the end of the show. Well, let's see what's going on in Summerfield. When the clock strikes five at the water department, the great Gildersleeve usually jumps in his car and makes a beeline for home. But today he's going way around by Elm Street. wonder what's on his mind. Oh, Elm Street. That's where the pretty nurse, Catherine Milford, lives. You bet. <laughs> well, and there she is, just getting out of the car. You, Catherine. Oh, hello, Throckmorton. Uh, I was just on my way home from the office and saw you parking. Oh, do you always go home this way? Well, you know what they say. The longest way around is the sweetest way home. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Throckmorton, you say the nicest things. Yep. Won't you come in? Well, I have to get on to dinner. I stopped by to tell you about an important item in the paper. What is it? There's going to be a full moon tonight. Oh. Uh -huh. The weatherman says it'll rise at 8 o'clock facing your port swing. Really? Harvest moon. They don't come often. Throckmorton, I just had an idea. You did? It's something you'd never think about. Oh? Why don't you come over at 8 o'clock? Well, I don't... <laughs> I'll be here. 
That's what I like about a nurse. Doesn't take her long to diagnose a case. I said hello. Hello, Uncle Morse. What's the matter, my dear? Ah, oh, she's got Bronco on the brain. Bronco, that football player? Yeah, she's jealous. Stop it, Leroy. He stood her up for a blonde. Leroy? <laughs> What's this all about, Marjorie? I thought you had Bronco locked in the stable. I'd rather not talk about it, Unky. Bronco didn't ask her to the Halloween dance. Leroy, you know nothing about this. The heck I don't. Guess who was cheering Bronco at scrimmage this afternoon, Marge? Sugar Murphy. Was she out there again? Yeah, she pinned up a hole in his jersey with her bobby pins. Oh, that blonde weasel. Now, my dear. You should have heard her, Marge. Let Sugar pin it up, Bronky boy. (laughs) Bronky boy. He mustn't take cold in that big, strong shoulder. That's the one you throw your passes with. She's the one who's throwing the passes. Boy, he ate it up. He went back to the game and tried to get the other arm torn off. <laughs> oh! Marjorie, please. What's the matter with her? Leroy, you better go up and wash up for dinner. Okay. Gosh, what did I do? <laughs> now, now, my dear, don't cry. Uh, who's crying? Oh, my goodness. That sugar Murphy's deadly. I'll never see Bronco again. Well, Marjorie, you'll never get him back crying your heart out. The way to handle this thing is to be indifferent. Don't let him know you're worried. That's easy for you to say. I never worry about any one girl. There's plenty of fish in the sea. If you take the advice of your old uncle, you'll just ignore Bronco. You think it'll work, Unky? Certainly. If you act aloof and independent, they'll come back to you every time. All right, Unky. Oh, but I'll just die tonight sitting here thinking about Sugar Murphy dancing all evening with Bronco. Well, there's no need to sit home and think about it. How'd you like to go to a show with your old uncle? Show? Yeah. I know it won't be like dancing with Bronco, but... Oh, you're awfully sweet, Unky, but don't you have a date with Miss Milford? Yeah, don't worry about that. I'll call Catherine and tell her I won't be over tonight. Oh, I couldn't let you do don't that. Don't you give it another thought, my dear. It's a poor uncle who can't spare an evening occasionally for his niece. I'll call her right now. Besides, the weatherman says there'll be a bigger full moon tomorrow night. <laughs> I'm ready. Get your little coat. Be right down, Unky. Hmm. Wonder who's that at the door. Hey, it's Bronco. I see his car out front. Oh? I heard an explosion. I thought the tack factory had blown up again. <laughs> Marjorie, the Bronk is here. Bronco? Oh, Unky, he came back. I told you he would. Now, don't be too eager. Hi, Marge. Oh, Bronco. Oh, brother. <laughs> Be cold. Play hard to get. What's that, Mr. Gildersleeve? Eh? Oh, hello, Bronco. I said that cold's going to be hard to get. The strike, you know. (laughs) Oh. Well, Marge, my car's outside. Let's go to the dance. Dance? Oh, I'm going to the movies this evening. The movies? I have another date. What? (laughs) Smart girl. You can't expect me to sit home waiting just for you. Yeah, now watch him come crawling. But, Marge, you can't do this to me. (laughs) Here he comes. (laughs) Marjorie, why don't you ask Bronco to sit down? He looks a little pale. I don't think he has time, Uncle Morris. He has a date with Sugar Murphy. Who told you that? Oh, it doesn't matter. I really don't care. Yeah, nice footwork. (laughs) Look, Marge, this is the truth. Mr. Gildersleeve, you're my witness. Sugar tried to get me to ask her, and she's been telling everybody I was going to take her to the dance. Well, I didn't ask her. I've been planning all along to take you, Marge. Haven't I, Mr. Gildersleeve? Don't try to drag me into this. (laughs) Marge, if you go out with somebody else, I'll... I'll quit the team. I'll turn in my suit. You could turn that one in, all right. I don't want to ruin the team. Come on, Marge. Wait till I change. I'll be right down. Hurry up. 
Oh, thanks, Uncle Mort. It worked perfectly. Nothing, my dear. Simple psychology. Well, but what are you going to do? You've broken your date with Miss Milford. Huh? Oh, I'll wander over there after a while. If I feel like it, she'll be waiting. surprises. <laughs> Guess she didn't hear the bell. I'll be right there, Clarence. Okay. Clarence? <laughs> Come in, Clarence. Oh, it's you, Throckmorton. That's right, it's me. I found I could make it after all. <laughs> Who's Clarence? <laughs> Well, you see, Throckmorton, after you phoned you weren't coming over, I made another date. Another date? Uh, Clarence Olson called. He's an intern at the hospital. Dr. Clarence Olson. Oh, an intern, eh? Hadn't heard about him. Well, he's been asking me for dates ever since I came to the hospital. Uh-huh. I'm sure you understand. Oh, certainly. I'm not upset. I'm no adolescent. Of course not. We'll just have our date tomorrow night. Bigger moon, anyway. <laughs> well, uh, Throckmorton, I'm afraid I can't see you tomorrow night, either. Hmm? Have to work, do you? No, but uh, Dr. Olson insisted on a date tomorrow night, too. Date hog. <laughs> I'm sorry, Throckmorton, but... Well, you don't know Dr. Olson. He's rather impetuous. Huh? He's really awfully nice. Impetuous, huh? He'll be here any minute. Wouldn't you like to wait and meet him? Oh, no, I'll be on my way. Well, good night, Throckmorton. Good night. <laughs> Let her go. What do I care? Isn't going to worry me any. No, sir, not one bit. Excuse me, madam. Oh, lamppost. Prizes, prizes, prizes. Get in on this week's prizes in Parquet Margarine's $50,000 Name My Song Contest. This week alone, Parquet Margarine is awarding four $1,000 cash prizes, 20 $100 cash prizes, 50 $20 cash prizes, 200 $10 cash prizes, and then there's that grand prize of $5,000 extra, $6,000 in all for the best title received for Gildersleeve's song. Simple to enter, just send your song title together with the red end flap of a package of Parquet Margarine to Parquet Margarine, Box 5167, Chicago 77, Illinois. Your dealer has entry blanks with contest rules and the words to Gildy's song. Or use plain paper if you prefer. Be sure to include your own and your dealer's name and address. Now write down that address. Parquet Margarine, Box 5167, Chicago 77, Illinois. This week's entries must be postmarked before midnight Saturday. Only one more week after that. Send several entries, but hurry. Any song title you think of might be worth up to $6,000 to you in cash. Well, let's get back to the great Gildersleeve. A rival for Nurse Milford's affection showed up last night in the person of a young intern, Dr. Olson. But the great man is determined to take the advice he gave Marjorie, to be aloof, indifferent, and not worry. So today we find him going about his work at the water department in his usual efficient fashion. Bessie? Yes, Mr. Gildersleeve? Bessie, let's get some of this work cleaned up around here. Where's the intern report? Intern? Uh, I mean the Olson. Uh... The Clarence. Oh, never mind. Mr. Gildersleeve, do you feel all right? Bessie, stop asking ridiculous questions. I'm fine. I just wondered. You've been sitting there all day with your hat on. Huh? Well, I like to have my hat on. Sometimes. You've got it backwards. <laughs> I have? 
Well, I was thinking of leaving. You seem all upset, Mr. Gildersleeve. Did I do something? No. Did I forget to do something? Oh, my goodness. If there's something you want me to do, you just tell me and I'll do it, Mr. Gildersleeve. Okay, Bessie, go home. Oh, yes, sir. She's going to do it, too. Uh, I might as well go home, too, I guess. Wonder if I should drive past Catherine's on the way. No, she might jump at conclusions and think I'm worrying. second time Sir James called, he would ask for a kiss. Oop. Those things don't happen in real life. Still, those nobles were pretty impetuous back in those days. So is Olsen. <laughs> Guess I'll go down to Peavy's and get a good, strong cigar. <laughs> see anybody at Catherine's when I drove past. <sighs> Good evening, P.V. Well, hello, Mr. Gildersleeve. <laughs> what can I do for you this evening? Give me a couple of cigars, P.V. Yeah, well. On your way to a date this evening, are you, Mr. Gildersleeve? Well, no, P.V. I thought I'd just sit around and talk to you. Yeah, probably cost you less. Now, what do we talk about? Well, Peavy, you're acquainted with a lot of doctors in town. Do you happen to know a Dr. Clarence Olson? No. You want a doctor, Mr. Gildersleeve? There's anything I don't want. It's a doctor. No, I guess you don't. <laughs> Since you have private nurse. <laughs> That'll do, Peavy. Might interest you to know that I'm not seeing Miss Milford for a while. You don't say. Something came up and I canceled a date with her last night. And tonight, for all I know, she's out with somebody else. Dr. Olson, I presume? Well, yes. <laughs> a little worried, I am, Mr. Gildersleeve? Of course not. The way I look at it, after she has a few dates with this young intern, she'll appreciate me all the more. Well, I didn't say that. <laughs> What? Nurses and doctors seem to have a lot in common. Well, maybe they do in a business way. Yeah, they're probably spending the evening together down at the hospital watching an operation. <laughs> my, my. Good evening, gentlemen. Well, hello, John. Hello, Horace. It's a little chilly outside, isn't it? Yeah, it's going to be nice Halloween weather. I may just go soaping windows. <laughs> Second childhood. You seem a little down the mouth, Gilda, and I know why. Oh? I saw your pretty nurse with another man. You did? And what did he look like, Judge? Well, as I recall, he was quite tall, broad of shoulder, handsome of feature, blonde. Sounds like an Olsen. Struck me as being quite a young man, Gilda. Well, that doesn't interest me. About Miss Milford's age, I guess. Perhaps a year or two younger. Hmm. What? Uh, nothing, nothing, Judge. Uh, where were they? Not that I'm interested. Mr. Gildersleeve seemed to think they were at the hospital watching an operation. <laughs> if they're watching an operation, it's being performed on the dance floor of the Summerfield Grill. <laughs> All right, Judge. You too, Peavy. Go ahead and laugh, both of you. Doesn't worry me one bit where she is. Not one bit. Well, well now, I, I wouldn't, wouldn't say, say that. that. <laughs> <laughs> Just that I can't think about anything else. This idea of not worrying is the worst idea I ever had. I'll call Catherine the first thing in the morning and ask her for a date. No, I'll do better than that. 
I'll drop by her house right now and stick a note on the door. Hope she reads it before that intern gets a chance to date her up next week. I'd better mark the note rush. date with Catherine or know the reason why. Who's that stopping in front of the house? Oop, it's Catherine and the intern. I better get out of here. <laughs> Darn, porch swing. Shh. Well, here they come. I make a break for it now. They'll see me. I'll just drop off the edge of the porch here. <laughs> Landed in the lily pond. Both feet. Oh, have to get out of here. Zeke, they'll hear that. I'm trapped. I'll just have to stand in it and hope they won't see me. Being in the lily pond at midnight would be kind of hard to explain. Well, it's been a lovely evening, Clarence. Oh, no, Catherine. Don't try to say goodnight so fast. Well, I really should. I'd ask you in, but it's a little late. Atta girl, Catherine. My shoes are filling up. <laughs> Just the way you treat all your boyfriends? Send them right home? Now, Claire. By the way, who's that man you've been going with? The fat fellow with a black Tony. Oop. I don't be silly. That's a natural wave in Mr. Gildersleeve's hair. Oh, yes, Gildersleeve. Works for the water department, doesn't he? I'll have you know he's the water commissioner. You bet. I could turn off your water, Doc. <laughs> I wish I could drain this pond. Well, I'd better say goodnight now, sir. Oh, wait a minute, Captain. Why don't we sit here on the porch and just swing a while? Oh, go home. It's a little cold for the porch swing, isn't it? No, not for a red-blooded couple like us. He'd better watch it. Well, we'll sit down for a minute. We don't want to catch the sniffles out here. You do, Dr. Olsen will take your case. Pushy Swede. <laughs> what would you prescribe, Doctor? Well, first, I'd advise that you take preventative measures, my dear. Oh? Way to ward off a cold is to keep warm. Uh, let's sit closer together. How, <laughs> Doctor? Oop, what a sneaky way to operate. <laughs> Nothing so romantic as an old porch swing, especially if there's a boy and a girl in it. <laughs> That's what I was going to say. <laughs> and look at that big yellow harvest moon over there. Doesn't that suggest anything to you? Now he's using my moon. <laughs> well, it suggests that I'd better be going in. Get up and go, Catherine. My feet are freezing. <laughs> Oh, please, just five minutes more. Oh, my goodness. I'll just have to try to make myself comfortable. What's that? Fish in your pond? Hmm? Oh, no, no. There hasn't been a fish in that pond since we've been here. That's what she thinks. <laughs> Catherine, now, when I catch a cold like this, I'm down for weeks. Uncle Mort, can I do anything for you? You know, I throw another blanket over me. Gosh, Uncle, you got all the blankets in the house on you now. Well, my feet are still cold. I could get you the blanket my turtle sleeps on. Yeah, no, thanks. <laughs> Mr. Gill, please? Yes, Bertie, come in. You want some breakfast now? No, thank you, Bertie. You ought to have something hot. No. Hot cereal? No. Hot brow? I don't feel like eating, Bertie. Hot lemonade? No, Bertie. Hot coffee? Please, Bertie, I'm a sick man. I know that. That's why you need hot liquid. All right, Bertie, bring me a hot water bottle. What? For my feet, Bertie. 
Oh, yes, that name. <laughs> Poor Unky. I wish we could do something for you. It'll be all right. You children run along and get ready for school. Gosh, Unc, I don't know anything I'd rather do than stay home from school or wait on you. I believe that, Leroy, but you're going to go to school anyway. <laughs> okay. Come on, Leroy. Uh, uh, hey! <laughs> Good luck, Unc. <laughs> There's a car stopping out in front. Did you call a doctor for Unc? I called somebody, all right, but it wasn't the doctor. I'll go to the door. Hello, Marjorie. Come in, Miss Milford. Well, good morning, Leroy. <laughs> How is the patient? Well, come on, I'll take you up to his room. Marjorie, hurry up with that hot water bottle. <laughs> I'm shaking again. This isn't Bertie, Throckmorton. You what? Well, Catherine, what are you doing here? Well, she just came by to see how you were feeling, Unky. Yes. How are you feeling? Oh, fine, fine. Throckmorton, how did you ever get such a bad cold? Yeah, well, I was delivering a letter, and I stepped in a pond, a puddle. Oh. Well, let me make you comfortable. Raise up while I fluff up your pillow. Oh, uh, yeah. That's right. Now let me lay your head back. <laughs> Your forehead feels quite cool. It does? Mm. Try it again. Well, you do have a little temperature. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'll go down to the kitchen and see Bertie. I want you to have some hot liquids. Hot liquids? Oh, that's a great idea, Catherine. I've been wanting hot liquids all morning. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be right back. Yeah, I'll be here. Uncle Mort, you look better already. I'm so glad Miss Milford came to see you. Well, Marjorie, it's just like I told you. Pay no attention to them, don't worry, and they'll come back every time. You're so right, Unky. <laughs> I never worry about a thing. Uh, uh... <laughs> Second week winners in Parquet Marjorie's $50,000 Name My Song Contest. $1,000 in cash to Mrs. Leroy Marker, 1527 Sunset Drive, Hamilton 1, Ohio. Maud W. Broderick, Post Office Box 245, Orlando, Florida. Jacqueline G. Shute, Box 374, Fabens, Texas. Mrs. Harry L. Fadum, 826 Clara Avenue, St. Louis 12, Missouri. And 270 other winners to be notified by mail. This week's contest ends midnight Saturday. Send your title for Gildersleeve's song together with the red end flap of a package of Parquet Margarine to Parquet Margarine, Box 5167, Chicago 77, Illinois. $6,000 to the grand prize winner. Remember, you can get a souvenir recording of my song just by sending 25 cents in the red end flap of a Parquet package to Parquet Margarine, Box 5167, Chicago 77, Illinois. This isn't part of the contest, but having the record might suggest a prize-winning idea. The address, same as the contest, Box 5167, Chicago 77, Illinois. The record sounds something like this. Second chorus, please, Jack. In my reverie, it seems the summer moonbeams are fields that wander on and on to where a lane that we called ours hid among the flowers and welcome cooling showers before the dawn. There's a lilac trellis gate where each night we'd wait to breathe the fragrance in the air. And so wherever I may roam, my thoughts will return to home, for I know that love and you are uh, you. The Great Gildersleeve is played by Harold Perry. Be sure to listen in next Wednesday and every Wednesday for the further adventures of the Great Gildersleeve.
Stay tuned now for Break the Bank on NBC. Friends, from October 26 of 1949, the Great Gildersleeve here on Sounds Like Radio. Yeah, Gildersleeve having his problems with Nurse Milford and young Dr. Olson. Well, I hope things work out for him. Nurse Milford, she just might see the light of day sometime. But until that happens, when Miss Milford forgets young Dr. Olson, Gildersleeve's just going to have to keep trying. Now, you know I'm a big fan of Bing Crosby, and over this past weekend was my Bing Crosby movie weekend. And uh, this weekend, in fact, it was on Sunday when I usually watch Bing movies, I watched uh, Road to Singapore, which I haven't seen a road movie in quite a while. I've been catching up on all the other uh, earlier type Bing movies recently, uh, but this uh, Sunday I figured it's time to schedule in The Road to Singapore, and I watched that movie, and such great songs in that movie. It was the very first Road 2 movie that Bing and Bob made together, and for being the very first movie, it was really very funny. Well, in this movie, Bing sang a song that really caught my attention once again, reminded me how great the song was. Bing sings a song in there with a, what they used to call a sweet potato, with the sweet potato, sort of this instrument you could uh, blow in and make whistling sounds. I think they actually really made it out of a sweet potato, but they also had, like, whistles. Uh, they called them sweet potatoes. Anyway, Bing sings a song and wrote to Singapore called The Sweet Potato Piper. And it's such a neat little song. I thought, hey, let's listen to that song on the next episode of Sounds Like Radio. So here we are. Here is Bing Crosby. Music soothes the savage. That's a well-known phrase, but your heart becomes full of kettle drums when the sweet potato piper plays. Go on, throw your hat up, shout a few rays, cause you can't hold back, you're just a jumpin' jack when the sweet potato piper plays. Though it's not a magic flute, there's a fascinating tune. It's not exactly beautiful It's sort of like an I don't know I guess you call it chill Some beings trying to dance steps Some birds sound their rays And the world joins in with the great big grin When the sweet potato piper plays Comes full of kettle drums when the sweet potato piper plays. Go on, throw your hat up, shout a few hooray. Cause you can't hold back, you're a jumping jack when the sweet potato piper plays. Though it's not a magic flute, oh, no, no, no. there's a fascinating tune. It's not exactly beautiful, it's sort of like an I don't know, I guess you call it cute little Sunbeams trying to dance steps. Oh, yeah. Bing Crosby singing it there, the Sweet Potato Piper. Now, in the movie Road to Singapore, not only does Bing sing it, but Bob Hope and Dorothy L'Amour join him in a very fun rendition of that song. You've got to watch that movie sometime. If you haven't seen it recently, I think you'll be very entertained. Well, that's what happens when you have a sweet potato uh, playing for you. You kind of get into a good mood. It makes you laugh. It makes you smile. And I think Gildersleeve would do well to remember that sometimes all you need to win a girl's heart is a nice, pleasant smile. Well, 
Peggy Lee knows about that on her album, Miss Wonderful. Remember one time she sang Mr. Wonderful to me. <laughs> I didn't deserve it, of course, but, eh, you know, I don't like to argue with Peggy. Well, on Peggy's album, Miss Wonderful, she sings a neat song called Take a Little Time to Smile. Here's Peggy Lee. Take a little time to smile. Take a little time to smile. Make a little thing worthwhile. When the moon comes up and the sun goes down, take a little time to smile. If you think you have a care, you can find them everywhere. They will vanish too, like the others do. If you take a little time to smile, smiles were meant to give away. Give a hundred every day. If you know the good they do, won't you please just give a few? Try it for a little while If you want to live in style When the moon comes up And the sun goes down Peggy, that's always good advice. Taking a little time to smile. <laughs> it can help. All right, Peggy Lee, take a little time to smile. That's from her album, Miss Wonderful. And it could be wonderful if Nurse Milford decides, yeah, Gildersleeve's the one for me. And then, you know, he, Gildersleeve, could be a little embarrassed when Miss Milford finally makes that choice. He'll be blushing just like Rosie. Al Jolson and my blushing Rosie, he can tell you about it. Dry your tears and poke it out of the oxen, because I got a song about my favorite gal. Take who, it, boy. Who is that? Here is Al Jolson. Rosie, you are my posy. You are my heart bouquet. Come out here in the moonlight. There's something sweet, love, I want to say. Your honey boy, I'm waiting. Those ruby lips to breathe. Don't be so aggravated, my blushing rosy, my posy sweet. You are my posy, you are my heart bouquet, come out here in the moonlight, there's something sweet love I want to say, your honey boy I'm waiting, those So aggravated, 
blushing roses, my posy sweet. Roses, you are my posy. Oh, yeah, thank you. I just love that applause. Yeah, so did Al Jolson. Hey, I ain't the only one. Rosie, my blushing Rosie. That was a big song for Al Jolson. He sang it many times on the radio. A big hit for him, too. Great Al Jolson. He was called the world's greatest entertainer, and he really was, too. Well, friends, tonight Gildersleeve had some problems, but maybe Gildersleeve problems the root of these problems might be Nurse Milford herself. What do you mean? Well, maybe Nurse Milford thinks she's just too good for the average man. Huh? Yeah, that could be. Here is Blossom Deary. She thinks she's too good for the average man. <laughs> oh well. Here's Blossom Deary. Nice song here. When Russia was white, it was white for the classes and black for the masses, unfortunate asses, all wealth belonged to few. When England was Tudor, the king and his cronies had cocktails at Tony's, the poor had balonies, and that's how England grew. Sing law and huzzah for the poor folks, as long as the poor folks are your folks. Finer things are for the finer folk, the society began. Caviar for peasants is a joke, it's too good for the average man. Supper clubs are for the upper folk, like sardines in a can Through the smoke you get your check and choke It's too good for the average man Each poor man has a wife he must stick to Men of fashion can be cocky To be caught in flagrante delecto Is much too good for the average monkey all night parties drinking like a lord fit into our social plan waking in the alcoholic ward is too good for the average man
too good for the average man. That's the problem when, when you think, when you're a girl, that is, and you think you are too good for the average man. Uh, I don't know, though. You know what? If I had a daughter, I'd tell her, hey, you are too good for the average man. <laughs> That'd be my advice to her. Oh, oh, yeah. There was the great Blossom Deary. Didn't you just love her voice? Oh, I love that little girl, high-pitched voice like that. We, anyway, that was Blossom, and I'm a big fan of Blossom Deary. Ever since the first time I heard her sing, about 20 years ago, I heard that voice. I said, wow, that's unusual. And you know how I like voices that stand out and that are original? Well, Blossom Deary is one of a kind. Well, we hope you enjoyed tonight's show. It was the Great Gildersleeve from October 26 of 1949. His Name My Song contest continues, and sooner or later, somebody's going to win that thing. Until then, though, we will be here next week and every week and any time you tune in. That's the advantage of having a podcast. You just click on that button, and we're here anytime you want us. Huh? How about that? All right, I am your host, your humble host for Sounds Like Radio. We'll see you again next time here with more Gildy and more of the greatest music of all time. Until then, so long for now. Goodbye, everybody.